Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. And for right now, book by book, we're going through our big grand finale for Thy Strong Word, and we're covering a different chapter from a different book of the Bible each time. So today, uh, this is sort of interesting. I want to talk about it, but I, I wanted to try to try to go in a somewhat chronological order. Um, and so you'd think, okay, so maybe we're starting with Genesis, but actually we're starting with Job today. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, but kind of regardless of where you kind of date things in terms of like kind of an archaeologist, just kind of in terms of the themes, the themes are sort of like before you have any, you know, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob or kind of just outside of all that stuff, because we're going far away to a land of ooze, not Oz, ooze. So we'll have to talk about what, what, where is that? What's, what's this all about? Good stuff today. We are joined by our regular guest, Pastor David Boyce Claire, pastor at Faith in Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back, and to have you back for uh, a really exciting uh, kickoff here to what we're doing these uh, last good, few times. Good morning. It's good to be in the land of ooze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's, uh, it, I feel like it'd be a really good uh, answer or a clue, like on Jeopardy, right? You know, like the land of ooze. Like, oh, what is that? You know, just, hey, Job chapter one. <laughs> yep. And, and that's where Job is from. Yeah. And uh, so it, it'll be, you know, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I was saying like th this is, I, th I think many scholars uh, think of it uh, and classify it as an old book. And, and many even say it like it's the oldest book of the Bible, um, re regardless of, you know, oldest or second oldest or, or, or whatever. Just the fact that it's so old does mean that, you know, this this story does kind of start off in a little bit of an obscure way. You know, I mean. It is it is a little bit mysterious, even when you study it closely. Yes, yes, it is, and there's a lot there. There is a lot of um, uh, important uh, teachings that it provides for us, and, and 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 in a sense, it's a it's an indictment of God Himself. I mean, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah, that's right. It is. It is, and we'll have to let's talk about that. It's a it's like a, a legal like courtroom drama. I remember. Uh, when, when I was younger, like uh, growing up and like my, my mom was really for a time, she I think she was like really into like these these like uh, law like drama series. Right. Uh, I, I, there's one I can remember. I mean, I got the guys like the stars like uh, face in my mind. I don't remember what it was called, but like but yeah, Matt you know, Locke. it's uh, what's that Matt Matlock or or maybe it was <laughs> Judd for the defense. I, I and or I, Perry Mason or <laughs> there there okay well there but yeah so you're you're making the point for me there I mean this is a, a genre that has been around for a while and uh, it yeah. remains popular but anyways yeah well we'll talk about uh, all of those things in just a minute very good uh, if you would start us off with a prayer before we uh, go any further here certainly. Let us pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have created, redeemed, and sanctified us as your children. We pray in the Lord's Prayer that you would lead us not into temptation, which is as much as saying, save us from the time of trial. Your servant Job was subjected to such a brutal trial, even though he was a faithful believer. If it is our lot to be put through any trials of our faith, may we be encouraged by the perseverance of your servant Job and finally prevail and win the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
guide us in uh, as we study this chapter of the book of Job. May it lead us to our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, So uh, I wanted to uh, read through the whole first chapter, but... um, read just like a little bit further because you, you, you gotta, um, it, it's, you want to read very much further just to kind of help complete the thought anyway, because right. in chapter two, it just kind of goes on just, just a little bit further before you get to, um, the, the speeches, right? Because that, that's actually the, one of the things that's kind of unique, um, about Job, right? Is that, you know, as a, a legal drama, like 90 some percent of it are these back and forth, speech arguments that different people uh, use to, to argue against each other, right? Yes, exactly. And, and um, you know, and, and, and very, in, a, in very intricate, uh, beautiful uh, Hebrew poetry, which, which uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, hapax legomena, as mentioned by the commentators. In other words, a lot of words that are only used here. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it's, it's admired as, as quite a, a work of art. Of the ancient world, it, it is, and it, it just uh, shows just how unique it is, right? I mean, uh, what what other book of the Bible you think is like kind of is there one even that's really kind of close to the the genre? And I guess I, I don't know, like any. I mean, you mentioned that it's it's poetic even as well. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, so that may be kind of like with the question of you know, is there another book that's like it? And if so, which one? Like, how would you really, in the end, describe the genre? Right, exactly. And, and well, it's, and it's, it's um, uh, similar to, well, you could say Ecclesiastes, probably, because it's kind of like, a, it's a wisdom, it, it's wisdom literature. Yeah. I mean, uh, the commentators say that it was put into the third category of the Hebrew Old Testament into the writings, or Ketuvim, uh, because of the fact that it was not, the author of it was not known. That was one of the, uh, one of the criteria for placing books into the Ketuvim. And, um, uh, you know, and it sort of has a, like its place in the Bible sort of like uh, kind of went up, was sort of went up because uh, it was recognized by, um, you know, people like Jerome and other people that compiled this, uh, you know, in other words, the canon, I mean, order, the order of the canon, that it was, uh, you know, part of the wisdom corpus of the Bible, yeah. which would be like uh, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, um, you might even put Canticles or Song of Solomon or, um, you know, those those writings. Right. Well, and, and that's and it's a really interesting place to put it then, right? Because I think that when you look at, for instance, like Song of Solomon, um, most of the history of Christian interpretation has been very allegorical, right? That right. It, you, take, you take this story, and again and again, the Church Fathers are saying, well, the purpose here right, is to reveal this, you know, spiritual truth, kind of put in these like figurative like love terms, for example. Um, and, and so it's very interesting then to to have this story in that same group, because I, I think then it's like, like, as you were saying, there's this there's been a, a stream of tradition saying, well, look at this story. We're, we're supposed to be getting a spiritual message out of this stuff. Like it's like it's uh, I, I think I remember someone recently putting it um it's sort of like an extended thought experiment on a certain level. Yeah. 
And, and you know, it's interesting when, you know, as I was uh, studied isagogics uh, in my preparation, you know, at at the well, it was at the senior college that I, I was intrigued by the fact that there it, it, it is philosophy. Yeah. Uh, because uh, like the book of Proverbs tells you that if you are faithful to God and you follow uh, the way of wisdom, then you will not fail. Then you will not uh, ha- lead a bad life or you will, will lead a blessed life. Uh, Job and Ecclesiastes question that uh, philosophy that goes on there. I mean, what about when bad things happen to good people? Or, yep, you know, yep. there, I don't know whether you were familiar with uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner, who in uh, the 80s uh, published a book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And he made some interesting points about the book of Job, which I, I you know, just like to touch on just very briefly. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Th- I think that would be very helpful. Um, well, let's go ahead and just read through the chapter here, just kind of get it before us here. And then, yeah, we, we've yeah. got a we've got a lot of things to, to try to talk about. And uh well, just well, I mean, like like we've been saying, like even even more so, we just really have to kind of like just kind of hit on some of the the, the highlights because we got in some ways kind of a whole book to talk about. But just reading just the first chapter and a few uh, additional verses here. So here's Job chapter one. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, <laughs> 
there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life, but stretch out your hand and touch his bone and flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women should speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this... Job did not sin with his lips. So after this uh, setup to the story, then, then we get the friends who come onto the scene and they each you know, start giving their opinions and all the speeches uh, happen. And at the very, very end, right, you know, uh, like the last chapter, we get a little bit more narrative how this all uh, gets resolved in the end. But I, I think that this is really kind of it. Um, this is this is the this is the real prime chunk here, the entree in terms of the the narrative setup, and uh, right. I, I mean we really got to like get the setup right to understand what's going on in this book, right? Yes, and this this was a, um, a a technique that was used in what do they call Northwest Semitic writings that they would uh, you know you'd have a um, a body of of um, like poetry or or surround it with, uh, um, you know, narrative on, on either side, sort of an inclusion uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that this is, this is fabricated, but, you know, I mean, again, because I, 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 always, I always look askance at any, any scholars that, that, think, that say that the people who wrote the Bible fabricated it to, to, to do certain ends or, or had anything, because this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but it, 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 in, in a sense, they're, they're, uh, 
that that's kind of like what they do. And, and the action, I think, is in the, uh, uh, the prologue, this what we just read, and the epilogue, you know, that right. will come at the end of it. So, uh, so really briefly, um, since you raised the point, um, what, what do you make of the question? Because that, that, is, that is a question um, kind of before you can even get to where does this fit on the timeline, the, kind of, the question, uh, is it on the timeline, right? Uh, because one, one interpretation right. is that this is um, basically an extended parable, right? That this is, you know, I mean, the Lord told parables um, and it, he would tell them in, in a way like very much like this where, you know, he would start off, you know, there was a man who, you know, I mean, w- went away on a long journey or who you know, had a servant or you know, whatever the case is, right? Um, but but this, this one being um, rather than just a single story being the whole book, uh, do, you, do you take that as um, a, a decent possibility kind of whether or not um, – how do you think that that might shape the way we read the story? Um, you know, again, there there are some uh, you know there are techniques of uh, literary techniques of the of the four uh, messengers, and they say the same thing. They come to Job right at the same time, all at the same time. Yeah, um, you know, it it kind of. Uh, it sort of gives you the impression that it is that it is a a story. Um, now, now, obviously, Job is a uh, historical personage. Uh, he's mentioned uh, by Ezekiel, where you know Ezekiel says that he he's along with Noah and Daniel as as right as the right most righteous people. And even if they were present, you know uh, that would not uh, keep God from visiting his his uh, you know wayward nation with with judgment. But I think I think it you know that 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 could be helpful it would be helpful if if it was in in the text itself that um the wise man told this parable about the great sage job or something like that but we yeah, don't have that yeah. yeah yeah and 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 maybe that's part of the reason why it was kind of put into that third uh although it 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 fits there because like you have the other uh books uh, of wisdom that are in the writings section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, it, and it sounds like a play. There was a scholar yeah. who believed that Job was was uh, influenced by, or he was influenced by Greek tragedy, like Aeschylus mm-hmm. and and Euripides and Sophocles, and that he he composed a a uh, like a Greek play here. And 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 scholars debunked that, <laughs> said it's a lot yeah. older than than those guys. <laughs> so, oh yeah, no, certainly, uh, certainly. So I I think that that is uh, that is something that's interesting. Like you know earlier. I was mentioning, you know, that most of the book is a series of like speeches, right? And so, I, I mean, it kind of reads like something from Plato, right? Where right. where it is like right. like you know like a symposium, right? Like a bunch of speeches. Um, but but yeah, certainly it, it's uh, it's not that you know. I think this is a little bit of the problem. It's like we have so much like Greek literature, we uh, we kind of just say like, oh, well, I mean, everything was the Greeks, right? But I mean, you know, there were like people before them too, and and uh, I, I think I think right, like what you're saying. I mean, it's more likely that. Um, both Greeks, you know, and Semitic peoples got this this pattern, right, of trading speeches and kind of like philosophy based on a story from an even earlier uh, source, right? That this was this was kind of a uh, a well established human way of 
kind of working through things and thinking about things. It's not like the, the Greeks invented it. Um, exactly. But, and there is a, there are yeah. examples of this type of literature in Northwest Semitic literature. Yeah. Right. Uh, there is the, there is a, uh, a poem of the righteous sufferer, but it's interesting that Job is, is far more, uh, a, uh, a far more intelligent, uh, work of poetry than that. You yeah. Know? Well, well, so, and, so this is, uh, so I think then that we can kind of shift her a little bit. Um, I like, I, I like what you're saying that kind of, well, even if, uh, you know, there, there is like a, yeah, like a historical person there, Job. Um, I, I mean, I think that you're right. It, it is kind of shaped and told in like a parable fashion, which reminds me like how the Lord told, um, parables about, uh, or at least one parable, it would seem, um, about Lazarus, right? You know, a historical person um, right. whom he knew rather well, right? But but kind of taking him and then kind of, you know, making him the 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 feature, right, of, of this of this lesson, right, of this, like, like as you were saying, a piece of wisdom literature, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of actually when I, when I was in college, uh, a group of friends, like, we, we would actually commonly do this where we would actually kind of posit story thought experiments and the character would always be like someone we all knew <laughs> uh, be, be, because it, it kind of like helped like kind of make things uh, click, you know? Um, so, so, so thinking about that idea that even if it is that way, that that doesn't negate Job as a person. So who is right. Job then as a person? You mentioned, you know, Ezekiel referring to him, um, you know, the question on Facebook here, where do the events of Job fit in the large biblical timeline? I don't think there's much, if any, about the Mosaic Law. Is that a hint? Exactly. He he can be considered a patriarch, I believe, yeah. but, but he's not a patriarch in the family of Abraham, of course, although yeah. he's, uh, although, well, Uz is, uh, uh, you know, the the ancestor of the Uzites was a, uh, a son or descendant of Shem. So, um, you know, and, and, and it's kind of pointed out, by, and he does the, um, has the activity of a, of a patriarch because he uh, performs sacrifices for his children. Uh, uh-huh. He wants to consecrate them. He wants to live a blameless life before Yahweh. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, but of course, you know, I, you know, I would put it even before Abraham. You know, yeah. it would be a story that, or, you know, a narrative, a historical narrative that would, that occurred before uh, Abraham. And, yeah. and so that would kind of where he'd fit in the timeline. Um, he, uh, like I say, it, it's it's just kind of, but again, it, I, I, it's similar to uh, Nathan's parable to David. I mean, you yeah. know, or, or uh, in, uh, what is it, Ahimelech uh, or Abimelech in, in uh, the, the book of Judges, where they tell about you know that, that that's oh, a mm-hmm. customary yeah. way in which in which um, the truths of God's word are brought forward through a story. Let's tell mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's right. I, I think I think so, and and I think that a lot of the arguments that you see out there sometimes about whether this is like you know is Job like a contemporary of Abraham or it came after or before. I, I think I think a lot of that devolves into debates about like you know how many hundred years old each person was and like kind of where that fits into things and it, I think it just oh. kind of uh, I, I think it kind of spins out of uh, focus anyway right because like like exactly. you're saying I, I think I think I think the point like you were saying is like you know th- th- this is this is uh these are themes that are, that are pre mosaic right I mean like right. exactly. when you get to the the, the decalogue right 
you know, where, where God says, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, in rem- in honor of your parents, do this stuff, right? And he repeats commandments that anyone's mo- mother or father would have taught them, right? Uh, right. For, for for a long time. I mean, I mean, there's there's this idea that God has revealed Himself in, in a limited way, um, you know, even even before um, all these things that we have written down. Hold on to that thought for just a minute here. Got to take our break, but everybody will get back with more on Job chapter one on Thy Strong Word. Be right back. Peace Lutheran Church of South County, the KFUO Church of the Week, invites you to join them on Sunday, December 13th at 2.30 p.m. for the annual German Advent Christmas service. The preacher will be the Reverend Dr. Robert Kolb of Concordia Seminary and the liturgist Pastor Emeritus Dennis Castens of Peace Lutheran Church. Pre-service music begins at 2.15 p.m. and ethnic refreshments will be served after the service. The service will be broadcast on KFUO the following Sunday, December 20th at 3 p.m. For more information, call 314-892-5610. In 2020, the world was blindsided. At the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, we quickly refocused on how to best serve the church. Our COVID-19 response team took action, reaching out and listening to our borrowers. In response, we offered a number of financial remedies that allowed our borrowers time to stabilize. We also provided online streaming kits for churches, gift cards for food pantries, financial support for LCMS church workers, and much more. Life's not yet back to normal, and that's why we're still here for you. Visit LCEF. To learn more. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're joined today by our guest, Pastor David Boyce-Claire, pastor of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri, taking a look at Job chapter 1 and, and talking about really the whole book of Job as we go through uh, different books of the Bible every day. Uh, tomorrow we'll be joined by Pastor John Lukomsky. We'll be talking about uh, Genesis chapter 45. So that's the, that's the Joseph story. Uh, fantastic. I, just, I love the Joseph story in Genesis. Um, if you've got any questions or comments for us, you know, there's a whole lot of things we could talk about. It's the, the whole book of Job is, uh, is fair game. So uh, go ahead, uh, Go ahead and put us on our toes here. Uh, 1-800-730-2727, or, or at least, you know, keep, you know, Pastor Boyce Claire is on his toes, so for him anyway. Uh, 314-821-0850. Because he, he'll, he'll cite, like, you know, like the, the, the rabbi he was mentioning earlier, right? And, and yes, this, yeah. Uh, I, I think we might just spend a, uh, just a few seconds on, uh, on Rabbi Kushner. Uh, yeah. Have you ever heard of him? You know, this everything you were saying sounds familiar, but I, I never like read the book like cover to cover myself. Well, it, you know, again, it's a, it was a fad. It's like sort of like pop psychology. 
I mean, this is like pop uh, philosophy. Uh, Rabbi Kushner, of course, uh, you know, he, he went, he and his wife went through a terrible, terrible uh, uh, trial with their son who had this, this painful, uh, you know, morbid disease that took his son's life. And, 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 he, and, and so Rabbi Kushner was trying to console himself. And so he looked at the book of Job. And he mentioned, uh, it's interesting that there are three propositions which may not all be true at the same time. Hmm. The first one is, God is all-powerful and causes everything to happen in the world. Nothing happens without his willing it. That's the first proposition. The second proposition is, God is just and fair and stands for people getting what they deserve, so that the good prosper and the wicked are punished. That's, of course, the message of the book of Proverbs. And then you have the third proposition, Job is a good person. Now, as you look at the, at, at the story, or, you know, at, at, I mean, at the narrative in Job, Job is, even God witnesses to his, his being a good person. You know, mm-hmm. God says, yep, look at, look at right. my, and, and it's almost as if God is bragging to Satan, look at my, look at my servant Job. He, he's such a, a, an upstanding person. But, and, but the problem is, is that Rabbi Kushner says, oh, yeah, we, I don't want to get rid of the idea that Job is a good person. And I don't want to get rid of the idea that God is, is just and fair. But let's get rid of God as all powerful. So he has no power to keep all of these bad things from happening to Job. And so in the end, you have to forgive God because he's like this old fuddy-duddy up in the sky that, that can't take care of things in the right. world. So you have mm-hmm. to forgive God. And so, and so Rabbi Kushner is comforted the fact that, you know, it was so unjust that his uh, son died, so he's going to forgive God for, for allowing his son to die. Uh, he also said something like, uh, if you're ever uh, going toward your home and you see a, a plume of smoke coming from uh, that direction, uh, you, you know, and you were to pray, God, don't let it be my home, that uh, God is powerless to keep it from being your home. And, that, you know, it was interesting that the one time I was coming back from church to my home and there was a plume of smoke from the direction and it was the apartment next to my home that burned and it, it affected my um, I don't think I prayed to God don't let it be my home but you know again it it, it, it that was kind of like a very popular uh, uh, you yeah. know philosophical understanding but the truth of the matter is is you throw out the third proposition you know, Rabbi Kushner is right those three propositions may not all be true but guess what Job is not a good person. Job is a sinner. Job is, uh, you know, from uh, a descendant of Adam and Eve. So he, you know, and then, and then, and then Kushner doesn't even take into consideration Satan, who is in the in the account. Yeah, and we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. Yeah, your 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 summary and your breakdown there. Um, and and I and I think that Job really, as a book, um, well, of course, it's it's true that. Um, you know, we, we, we would say, no, hang on a second. Even the, the Job is a good person that's suspect, you know, theologically speaking. Uh, I think right. that Job itself focuses on that that middle proposition, or if I was tracking, um, or at least kind of like a, an angle on it, which is that good people are rewarded and that bad people are punished. Because uh, right. I, 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 think, I think Job is saying, yeah, that's mostly true. But, yeah, very good. But not— yes. Absolutely right. Which I which I think is is the, is the heart of the the wisdom uh, angle on all of this. Um, a couple more questions uh, came in on on Facebook. Someone 
would like us to talk about Leviathan and Behemoth. Okay, if we if we maybe at the end, <laughs> if we well, can Leviathan get there. and Behemoth, those are that's a crocodile and that's a um, hippopotamus. Well, there, well, there I mean, you go. No, in modern Hebrew, that's what they mean, right? Like that's just like the, what the words mean in modern Hebrew, right? Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Done. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did want to make sure to uh, mention here, we got a couple questions over email also when I look at those. Uh, everybody, KFUO at KFUO.org if you want to send in some email questions. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, the question, uh, the questions are kind of getting at this idea of uh, Job's character, right, uh, of being upright, you know, in terms of like, is, uh, you know, is that something that, that we... Uh, might have ourselves in our walk of faith uh, what do we make of this kind of like intercession going on it seems like for his children i think we got to talk about that because that helps us understand right. things so yeah th those are some good questions to take a look at in just a minute um also want to make sure not to neglect to thank our underwriters at the lutheran heritage foundation thank you guys for supporting thy strong word thy strong word all these years no less uh, lhfmissions.org is their website so uh, right before the break, not to, not to lose track of things here. So we were really just kind of breaking down, um, you know, like the, the genre, you know, kind of this idea of, of uh, you know, kind of even, you know, if Job is, uh, you know, a, a historical person, as, as he seems to be referred to, like in Ezekiel, right? The, the whole thing has been crafted, um, almost, I mean, kind of like a, a play or a parable, right? Because it is trying to like get at something, right? It's being presented. Exactly. In, in a very particular way. And, and I think then that that um, kind of to your point about mentioning Satan, I think it's going to be very important to help us understand the book um, because you have a setup that's, that's very interesting, right? Um, you know, you're mentioning the propositions, the proposition that Job is a good man is totally indisputable in the setup to the story, right? I mean, yes. it's that the narrator yeah. says he's a good guy it gives you like a long list of things. God says it, as you said, once he says it again. So just in the opening, this guy is a good guy, right? Uh, so, so that is like what we're kind of our, if we're, if we're kind of thinking of this in terms of like philosophy, right? That's one of our givens, right? Um, and, and Satan lied about him though. So, you know, I mean, I know that's, okay. that's something else. That's, okay. That's yeah. Like yeah. So, so, so yeah. So let's, let's, let's talk about that though. Right. So hang on a second. So if that's the given, what is Satan getting at then? What, what is the accusation and, and what is that telling us? Because, because I think, I, I think the fact that it is, uh, well, and also it's the Satan here in the Hebrew, right? What, what, what right. is the Satan getting at with the accusation and why is, why is he even making the accusation? Well, I mean, uh, obviously, he's he's accusing him of being faithful to God because he gets uh, all of these blessings. Uh, in other words, you follow God so that you may prosper. That type of idea. But it could you could also say that Satan is is telling the truth that that all people are have uh, break God's law that they're sinners. So so yeah. and I guess that in a sense it, it's kind of you know with Satan it's all things are partly true and so he uses partial truths in order to make points like for instance Job's a sinner so obviously he's he's got a game going here he uh, you know you're you're kind to him you 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 put a hedge around him and and yet but if you take all of this away he will curse you to your face. Well, okay, and so th th this is interesting. So he says this, and and we gotta we gotta try to figure this out. Okay, like so, what is he saying? Because I think that 
uh, on the one hand, I, I think that we're probably inclined as we read this, like like you were mentioning, to kind of read this as slander, right? That you know, here's right. Satan saying bad things about God's people. That that bad, bad Satan. Um, what, what's interesting about the setup here, though, is that uh, so I mean, so what was it? You had the description of Job, right? And then, right, uh, you know, verse six. Uh, now there's a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. So. We're, we're, we're told this is just a very interesting setup. It, it's not like most, even, of the places where Satan is mentioned, though Satan is, truth be told, not actually mentioned that many times in the Old Testament. Um, no. Mentioned more in the New Testament, kind of ironically. But uh, so, yeah, Satan is uh, here among the sons of God, um, you know, coming to, to, to God. And, and it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, God is like, hey, where have you come from? And then Satan's like going to and fro. And I think the thing that I didn't appreciate for a long time is this is, this is, uh, this is military language. This is the same language that, uh, you know, like Akish would ask David, hey, so where'd you raid today, right? Or, uh, you know, later on in uh, uh, some of the minor prophets, uh, we'll, we'll get to, uh, you know, like, hey, like, so what, what, what's the report, right? And right. Uh, so, so God here is asking Satan for his report and Satan gives it to him. What, what do we make of that? Well, I mean, in, in that particular case, is obviously in reality, there is uh, good and evil. There's still evil in the world. And so God tolerates it, uh, but he, of course, you know, sets a limit to it and, and works it for good, as, as you will find in looking at uh, Joseph, uh, the Joseph mm-hmm. cycle. But, right. but obviously here, uh, you know, if Satan doesn't belong among those that presented themselves to the God. You know, what are you doing here? You know, I mean, and in a sense, it's kind of like God dealing with uh, the sources or the source of evil in, in this way. And, 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 um, and then, of course, uh, God evidently likes to test us sometimes, not tempt, well, but test. Well, okay, so, and so, so that's, that's interesting, um, getting into this testing and tempting thing. So, so, so in, in this chapter here, right, like Satan is, is not called Satan. Um, I, I think that is a little bit of a liberty that the ESV is taking, along with probably a lot of yeah, translations. Yeah. The Satan, it's called, yeah, he is the Satan or the adversary. You know, the right. idea, for, for instance, in, in um, you know, it's interesting, in um, the, uh, you were looking at Second uh, Samuel, if you look at First uh, Kings, or, or I mean, yeah, First Kings 11, it says mm-hmm. that the Lord raised up an adversary, yes. uh, Satan, against right. Solomon. Mm-hmm. And hey, Dad, the Edomite, and so and, and so it, it it's kind of that that word Satan or or Satan is means an adversary, and, and you know right. it doesn't necessarily mean that that adversary is good or evil. You know, it just, right, just right, a, someone and, 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 put in your. Well, I was, was going to say, I I think I think it uh, it complements what you were saying in in that kind of seeing this as as at least kind of logically or thematically pre mosaic. That the idea here is this: this is like a, there are two different sides of a, of a court case that's going to be adjudicated here, right? Right. Um, and, right. and we we got we got to take on take ourselves back and and, and uh, understand this in this you know, as you were saying in, in the Semitic culture, because in the in that culture it's like you you have a claim, right? And you take the claim and you you bring it before the judge. And then you got the two parties, and and then the the judge is going to you know hear evidence and kind of look at things and evaluate and see does this claim hold up. Um, so uh, on one level, Satan is is just kind of being presented as 
as the the other side in a in a court question, right? Um, right. On the other hand, right, because he's uh, described as being among the, the the sons of God, and this is like the stuff and the depiction that you have of these like heavenly beings who serve God different functions. Um, there there is something today that we even have. We talk about like uh, you know district attorneys, and like their job is. Which is kind of funny because you're talking about Job, but like their job is to actually just bring thing, bring prosecutions right uh, before the, the court, and it's not that they that that person individually right believes in their heart. Oh, like I think that guy's a bad guy. It's like kind of whether they think that or not, right? Like, isn't it like a DA's job to just hey, look, if there's anything that looks even kind of is like you know suspicious up to a certain point, it's just my job to present this. And then just to kind of give this the the strongest hearing I can so that the truth could prevail. Right. And, and he wants to get a conviction, you know, and, yep. and, and there's there are dishonest uh, DAs who, who want to get a conviction regardless of justice. What what the yeah. just situation is, you know, but they're they're they have to get a conviction because they're you know, that's that's kind of the, uh, you know, sort of like um, uh, Perry Mason and uh, William Berger. Uh, that's that shows how dated I am. That was what my mother used to. That was the court case my mother <laughs> used to like. And, you know, it, it's something that my mother didn't consider. If Perry Mason found the real killer, then then the D.A. would uh, successfully prosecute this guy. So the D.A. wouldn't lose his case, but he'd have a second case, you might say but the, the the da of course is trying to get a conviction here yeah you know in well, other words yeah yeah well yeah so so that's so that's the thing so like so what what is the conviction right and, and it really is fascinating uh because and, and this is this is i think where where, where we see this it, it starts off seemingly being job is on trial right right uh, it, it it seems like this is what's going on but uh, what, what we're going to see then at, at the end is there, there's a shift, and, and this is actually foreshadowed already um, at the end of uh, the bit we read from chapter two, right? At the end, it says, uh, where is it here? Oh, no, 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 no. It was, it was actually earlier. So at the end of the bit in chapter two, it's in all this, God did not, uh, Job did not sin with his lips. It was at the end of chapter one, though, right? It's, uh, yeah, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Mm. And, and I think that's one Very. of the big shifts in this book, right, is that, it, it starts off seemingly on one level that, that Job is on trial, but what's really on trial is God, or, or perhaps maybe less, uh, a, little, a little bit more modestly, God's policies. What, what do you think? Right. I think that's exactly what, what's going on here. And that's the whole point. That's what you, that they call it theodicy or the way of God. Uh, you know, in other words, uh, you know, it, well, I remember as a young man when I was in high school that there was a friend of mine who was, a, was an atheist, and he wanted to try to persuade me not to be a Christian. And he took me aside one evening, we sat by the, by the fire in his, at his parents' house, and he, he said, if there's all this horrible evil in the world, how can there be a good God? You know, see, this is the whole that. And and again, that is again, that's the devil's way, too, of trying to get people not to believe in God, because he allows all this uh, misfortune to come into the world. But the reason for the misfortune is human sin. And and, and because of sin, we deserve the, uh, the bad things that happen. Well, okay, so I, I that, that's int- that way, but well, well, no, no, and it, well, it's true, it's true, of course, and it's uh, well, I mean, it's what the first, uh, well, it's what chapters, I mean, two and three 
of Genesis, right, are, are all about. But what, what's right. interesting here, as true as that is, right, this is kind of, this is the answer that's given before that answer, right? Like, we haven't, like, worked our way up to that yet, because... Right, right. Um, it, 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 well, well that, that's, that's actually, this is what I kind of just summarize this, but um, Job's friends come up to him, and again and again, they're like, Job, you must have done something wrong. Job, you must, if this God is, like, after you, you must have done something to get him upset. Did you mess up the sacrifices? Are you sure you did that? Are you sure that like and, and, and so like all of them are insisting, Job, you must have messed up somewhere, right? And, and Job just keeps saying, "No, it, that's not what it is. That's not what it is, right? Like I, I'm, I'm not saying that I, that, you know, that everything that happens to me should be good, but it, this is not happening because I because I did something wrong. And, and, and so I and I think that the the fact that it's uh in the introduction, right, I, I think is getting to this idea of, hang on a second, right? Maybe there's even another reason why uh, right. bad things it, can it, happen to it, good people. Because when God it, finally speaks up, right, he doesn't say, Job, it's because you done messed up. Like, he doesn't say that. What, you know, what, what no. does he say? And what do you think is, is going on with this, this, this uh, kind of complimentary answer to that question? Well, uh, obviously, the, the in fact, God indicts the friend, the three friends of Job. You know, you guys are are the ones that, that are, are wrong here. Uh, you know, and 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 God, God, of course, is basically telling Job, "Well, put yourself in perspective. Guess who I am? I'm the Lord of heaven and earth, and and you are only my creation." Uh, but but in a sense, what what's going on here is shows the inadequacy of the law to save or to help. That, that that this shows that that's a dead end. The law is a dead end for uh, you know salvation or 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 being in in a fellowship with God. That's why you got to go beyond that. Why that's why Job says in in chapter nineteen, I know that my goel, my redeemer, lives who will stand upon the earth. And after my flesh has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, and whom my eyes will see, and not another. And 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 so th- th- this this points forward to uh, the gospel. You know, in other words, yeah. again, you know, it kind of gets you there. You know, the law is is like a schoolmaster or a pedagogue, which get to, leads us to Christ. Uh, yeah, I think I think that that that, that idea, right? Like the the inadequacy of the law, or the way that I might put it, might be the uh, the contingency of the law. Um, right. Which is to say that at the end of the day, the the, the problem that we have like with with the, like the syllogism that you were mentioning, right, um, is that we are putting God on the same level as well. There's this rule that says good behavior is rewarded and bad behavior gets a lump of coal, right? And and, and we're putting exactly. those like on on the same level. And and, right. and I think that the issue is that. Is that, I mean, I mean, I mean, really, that that's the thing. We're we're, we're idolizing the rules. I mean, I mean, I mean, which to your point, right? Is is where we're, we're uh, you know the law the law is being treated as if the law itself were the saving God and and uh, you know gracious Savior, um, as opposed to the thing that was given by the absolute God, right? And and, and so by putting that rule on there, and, and by this insistence being right, like hey, you know, God, like it's like your job, like you have to bless Job. That that's that's the issue, right? I mean, I mean, that's, right. that's what he says. You know, hey, where were you when when I created the world, right? And he talks about that idea. It's like, hey, like, I made the law, you know, eons before you know you were born. Exactly, 
that 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 is so true and so so important uh, to to remember here. And so, and uh, yeah. Well, as I was to say, so I mean, so it really is fascinating then, because I mean, like it complements what you were saying. Because like on the one hand, it's like why does all this stuff happen? Like we can, we can say human sin, right? But uh, the the answer we get in Job is, I think, very helpful because it just kind of complements it and says, well, and if you don't like the human sin answer, here here's kind of the more basic answer: Who are you to ask? Right? I mean, I mean, because in the end, it's it's not even really like saying like, well, see. I, I mean, like, what, how we shouldn't take this is like, oh, see, the reason why Job had all this bad stuff happen to him was because uh, Satan is a trickster, and like, you know, he he like, you know, made he like double dared, he double dog dared God, right? That's the reason, right? No, that that's not presented right. as the reason either, right? right. I mean, it's just, exactly. Who are you? Who are you to ask? You know, it's interesting about the Pharisees uh, and and those you know at the time of Christ. Uh, they they followed the law, but they always you know they they would make um, like little rules to uh, assist them in in so that they could rationalize their actions. You know, yeah. as Christ mentions, yeah. and and the purpose of this was that they would be able to uh, show God you know, prove to God that they were right and then, and, and compel God to bless them. That was right. their, that was in their thinking, you know, in other words, uh, you know, we, we are, we are righteous. How can you say that we who are righteous are sinful? They, they'd ask Jesus, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. and then we're righteous to the point where if, if, if push comes to shove on the last day, we can say, Hey, God, we've fulfilled all of your commandments. So you better bless us. <laughs> Well, well, no, no, that's that's really good, and, and I think it actually kind of shows how they're kind of in the same boat, actually, as the Sadducees, right? Because they take the law of Moses and they say, "Hey, look, the law of Moses says this about you know, like if, if a woman, if the man dies childless, then his brother has to marry his his uh, his widow, right, and, and right. so on and so forth." Um, and and it's like they're, the Sadducees are trying to use that to say, "Well, they'll look, therefore, there can't be a resurrection." It's the same right. thing, right? It, it's like using the law to try to say what God has to do or what he cannot right. do, right? And it's right. like, you can't do yeah. that. Like, he made the law. You can't, you can't go and take the thing that he made and say, like, therefore, I get to boss God around. It reminds me of this little, <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious when it happened with, with me and my, my, my uh, almost two-year-old. But, like, I, I've recently kind of done this, this, uh, uh, th- this kind of, like, uh, technique, which, which is something I picked up working with, 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 with an after-school program. But, like, I, I count to three, right? Um, this, this works for her. Right. And so I was like, you know, like Natalie, you need to do this right now. Okay. One, two. And like, usually by two, she's like, Oh, and she starts running, running to do the thing. Right. So, okay, fine. It works. But the other day, right. She was asking me to do something. And then she looks uh-huh. at me and she's like, one, two, three, obey, <laughs> <laughs> which was, I mean, the most hilarious thing ever. Right. But, but it, it, it kind of shows that it's like, Sometimes we like try to like use the law against God, and it's like that. that I think yeah. that kind of image shows just how kind of ridiculous it is. It's like you, you can't go and say like, "Oh, well, this, see, this this forces God's hand." So God, uh, Job is right in the beginning. Like, hey, look, God, if He wants to generally reward good people with good things, yeah, that's that's fine and good, right? But He generally right. does that. He doesn't always do that. Um, right. He might have really good reasons for not doing that. I mean, I mean, he had really good reasons for not doing that in the case of his son Jesus, right? So it's just like you—you you just don't know the reasons, though. 
you don't have the whole story. And, and I think right. again and again, like and in the end, when he talks about Leviathan and Behemoth, that that's the point, right? Hey, little mortal, you don't have the whole story. Don't 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 try to use my law against me. Exactly. I think that's 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 the whole point in a nutshell. Uh, really, what's going on here? Because that's the answer that God gives to Job. And and uh, you know, let me let me question you. He he appears in a whirlwind and he says, you know, uh, where were you when yeah. when I laid the foundations of the world? You know, and it, it, the Apostle Paul does that. You know, when they talk about, uh, you know, where the uh, Israelites or the, the Jews are saying, you know, we, we are God's people, and so God needs to uh, uh, be, save us because we're righteous. And, 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 and uh, you know, ultimately, uh, Paul says, uh, you, know, um, you know, who has known the mind of the Lord? You know, who are you yeah. to answer uh, back to God? We are, we, you are the clay, uh, he is the potter. That's the idea. Yeah, well, not, well, that's right. Well, and, and then like you get in that, uh, the, you know, some of the the same kinds of uh, metaphors then with like Leviathan and Behemoth, right? Like where you know Leviathan is this, I, I mean, you know, like multi-headed, super like tough, scaly dragon monster, right? Um, right. And like you know, f- breathes fire, uh, and, and then like it says, you know, and God uh, takes him out for a walk, right? And then God yeah. like puts him on a little hook, right? And, and you exactly. know. Uh, plays with them right so i mean i mean just like all those images right so uh the the point right kind of like whether or not like there's a you know what what exactly that leviathan thing represents right it's like the point as you were saying just shows like look how small everything is compared to god and and so i i think those email questions and it's like well well certainly you know job can be righteous and we can be righteous in that kind of basic sense of you know look at job he's being a good guy he's being a good parent you know, he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe even we, we messed up and did something wrong without thinking of it, right? Maybe they, worship, they did something wrong in their hearts, right? So, yeah, we can have a very good, fine, outward uh, kind of righteousness, but we have to recognize how small even that is compared yeah. to God. And so we, we, we wholly depend on Christ. So th- thank you so much, brother. Like so many, so yeah. many, so many things. Uh, but thanks for kicking this off. And, yeah, going on to, to Genesis next time and looking forward to having you again one more time. Yes, great. God be with everyone. Thank you, brother. Everybody, Pastor David Boyce, Claire Faith in Bethesda Lutheran Churches, Pine Lawn, Missouri. Till then, next time, I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. Peace. Word. Produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.